Hey guys, so I am finally doing this podcast, but this topic is so important and it's something that's very close to my heart. So it's kind of been a process of getting to the point where I'm ready to share what God has done in my life. I think this year has brought a lot of Christians to um, a, a different place, I should say. A place of, okay God, what are you doing? Because at this point, I really don't know. How do you keep doing what you're doing? What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing, expecting a different result? It's kind of like that in our Christian walk. How do you continually do the same thing year after year, knowing that God's promises are there? How do you get through those difficult years, knowing that you're gonna get to where God has promised you will be? But it's a lot to get there. So let me back it up and start from the very beginning. I covered a lot of this in my introduction podcast. Feel free to listen to that. It's kind of a journey of what led me to share in a podcast. Um, but then this is going to build up on what I shared in that video. So back when I was a little kid, like many other little kids, I read stories that were fairy tales and I watched Cinderella and, and I also studied a lot of missionaries. I knew without a doubt at the age of three years old that God had called me to be a missionary. Now some would say that's crazy. I came to know Christ at the age of three and, and some would also say, how did you know you were only three? You probably didn't even understand anything at all. It took a long time for me to really understand every part of my salvation, but I can tell you without a doubt that God saved me and he changed me. And so like many other kids, I dreamed of the day that I would be happily ever after. Married, kids, beautiful home, lots of friends, a wonderful church, and then to leave it all and go to the mission field. Well, maybe most kids don't dream that, but uh, the family part. And I thought for sure that that was gonna be my life. I was going to be the missionary who had someone to share it with, who had children to that I could teach how to be in service for God. Well, things began to get a little interesting. As I began to grow up, I quickly realized that maybe God had a different plan for me, but I wasn't quite ready to it except that. I went off to a Christian college where I met a lot of wonderful people, but I still didn't really date. I went through four and a half years of college and I began to realize that, okay, maybe I was gonna have to wait a little bit. That's fine, it's cool. I can wait on the things I want. I can be patient, right? So I began to wait. And I said, okay, God, I'll meet you halfway. Uh, as long as I'm married by the time I'm 30, I'm good. I mean, hey, works for me. Just married by 30. All right, good deal. Okay, God, we got this. Yep, you, you see me? I see you. Yep. And so I was okay to wait because once again, I would be married by the time I was 30, right? My 20s went by faster than I ever imagined. I think I was 25 when I finally began to accept that maybe I shouldn't wait to serve God until I was married that I might just have to keep on waiting. So I went into full-time ministry and I traveled the world. I went to Africa and London. 
I went to so many incredible places from the time I was in college up until the time I was um, up in my upper 20s. I saw the most incredible places and the most incredible people. And I did that while being single, but it was hard. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. It was tough. I lived by faith, not knowing when the next dime would come, but I knew that God had a plan and he would direct my steps, right? So Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good, that them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So I clung to those words, God, all, you're gonna give it all to me, right? You're gonna give me the desires of my heart. You're gonna answer my lifelong prayers and you're gonna give me this husband and these children and this ministry and you're gonna give me these things. So it's not so hard because I'm tired, God. I'm tired of being on my own. I lived with my family longer than anyone ever would want to. But God, God didn't say all the things you want. He didn't say everything you ever imagined. The scripture says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Once again, let me emphasize his purpose, not Becca's purpose. That was a hard thing to accept, a hard thing to swallow. So let me read a few other scriptures that became a part of the next phase of my, of my life. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Just because I had all the faith that God was going to give me what I wanted doesn't mean that he was going to give it to me. But it also didn't mean I should jump ship and give up. Because guess what? That doesn't answer anything. Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I was seeking God, but I was seeking him for the wrong things. I wanted God to fit inside this little box and give me what I thought was the best for me. Whether God does that someday or not is beside the point. God said, I have called you to serve and be in ministry. I never said you had to put it in this little definition of what you thought was right. I trust you, God. Because one of my life verses is 1 Corinthians 10 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. So I'm like, God, I'm doing it. I got you. I'm going to church, I'm serving at church, I'm doing my thing. But I would go home and I would feel empty. Like there was something missing. I never felt like I fit in. I never felt like I was accepted. I never felt that I belonged. Because once again, I was trying to fit God in a box. And I was trying to be somebody I wasn't meant to be. Because God knows the future. God knows what is best for you. God knows what is best for me. And he says, you just have to trust me and know that I work all things according to my will. 
once again, back to that definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That's our Christian life. We have to keep going. We cannot give up. If God says, Becca, I've called you to ministry, you need to do it, then he's going to work it out. No matter how hard it is, he's going to work it out. That's that journey to faith. So as I neared my end of my 20s, I began to worry, okay, God, um, I was not okay with this. Like, this is not okay. I'm getting a little scared here that I'm going to have to go into my 30s alone. That was, that was a hard pill to swallow. So what did I do when I turned 30? I celebrated it. I could have wallowed. I could have felt sorry for myself. I could have been miserable. But instead, I went to visit a friend and we traveled up the East Coast and went to New York City. And I went with another friend to Disney World and we got to go to a praise and worship concert at Disney World. And I got to serve at a conference that allowed me to go to Disney World for cheaper. It was the best of both worlds. I began the process of accepting, began the process of knowing that everything I was doing was for a purpose. It wasn't for my purpose, but now it was for God's. So I celebrated that year very much and I had a good job and I was truly blessed but there were still parts of me that I hadn't given over to God and still parts of me that were struggling with this idea of what I thought life should be. So I went into my 30s thinking, all right, you know, you know, a few more, few more years, gotta, gotta work it out, right? Yeah, gotta work it out. So things were, once again, I was begin, be, beginning to doubt, I was beginning to worry and that's not a good place for me to be in. So what did I do? I changed my scenery. I moved to the country. My friends knew I needed it very much and they offered a place for me to live. So I moved out to the country and yes, I did stay at a friend's house, but I began a journey that I call my wilderness. And in the Bible, it talks about how they wandered in the wilderness and they prayed to God and it felt kind of like that, but in a very good way. It was nearly three years that I lived there. And every day I would wake up to the beautiful scenery um, right on top of a hilltop is where I was living at the time. And I would see the cows and I would listen to the quiet. And I'm telling you, there were so many moments that it was so quiet. The only voice I could hear was God's. Many people ask me why I go back to visit and my answer is, that's my place. That's the place where I can hear God and where I know that he is with me. So I moved out there and it was a family, a friend's property, but they were basically like family to me and they took me in and and uh, they told me, it won't be long. We'll have a place that you can move into, a place that you can call your own. And I said, okay, I'll have faith. They said, we'll, we'll find you a house we can throw you in. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. I don't care where I live. I just want to be on my own. I want to see that I can do this. Because I was always afraid up to that point to be on my own. 
I guess that's part, partly because I grew up being an identical twin and I was never alone. So the idea of being alone was scary. It brought me back to those nights in Africa when I was alone, when I only could hear God's voice. So when I was in, in the country, I would wake up every day and I thank God that I had another day to serve him. But there were some days, there were some very, very dark days that I didn't know how I was gonna do it. I remember they finally finished up a beautiful old house. They had renovated it. I get to be a part of the process. It was the most incredible experience of a lifetime. And as that house began to take shape, I think a little bit of me began to form as well. I think God began to work on me. He began to restore me just as that house was being restored. He began to shave off all those years of doubt and worry, all the things that the enemy told me that I believed were true, that I was not enough, that I was not good enough for the life that I wanted. I kept asking God many times, why God, why? Until I realized to stop asking because God knew what I didn't know. So those years, although the most difficult, were also the most blessed. I got to spend time with people that I truly cherish. I got to know a lot of people. I got to be a part of several little kids' lives and watch them grow up. And my life was truly blessed. But I remember they finished the house and I was so excited. I was finally moving into my first home. Now you understand I'm already in my 30s at this point. My first place. I waited a long time. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do was to wait because I am not patient. I joke all the time that I got to put on my patience pants because I don't, we don't pray for patience, right? We don't, we have it. We just don't always use it. So I had to have a little bit of patience. But I walked into that house for the very first time with a beautiful wraparound porch in the hillside behind me and I thought, oh God, you are good. But that was only the beginning of a very difficult road that I was about to walk on. I moved into that house and at the time, I didn't know how I was gonna pay rent. No one knew this at the time, but I was working for a ministry and um, didn't really have a lot of other work um, so I lived on roughly, roughly $300 a month, maybe a little more depending on the month. But I'm telling you this to tell you that my rent was $600. Yes, you can do the math, that doesn't work. You can't pay a $600 rent if you only have about $300, $400. You can't, you can't do it. Yet I had all these other bills, debt, school loans, I had all the things. How was I gonna do it? I have never been more terrified in my entire life and yet amazed at what God did through those six months I lived in that house. Month after month after month, God provided. Whether it was extra work or the job I ended up getting at a church, God provided. He saw me through those very difficult months and years to come. So I lived in that house for six months and then I finally realized it was tough and I needed to give up something that I loved and that beautiful house and I needed to trust God. So I moved back to the ranch that I'd lived at previously and I lived above their garage and I spent an entire year truly blessed but also 
truly humbled and many times even struggling because it was hard. I ate a lot of sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly. Honestly, I don't mind them, but it was hard. And there were moments I said, God, you've promised you're gonna take care of me. You promised that this is the life you want for me, but why God, why do I have to struggle so very much? Oh friends, but God, God is faithful. And he said, oh child, just wait. So I'd say, okay, all right, I'll pull up my pants and I'll be pull up my patient's pants and I'm gonna do it because that's the only option that I have. And I would pray for every single thing. God, I need enough money to fly to Ohio for a conference because this is what I need. But once again, God, if this is not your will, then I know you won't work it out. And God provided. Sometimes it was randomly a gift card in the mail that I got from some kind of return that I didn't even know I was gonna get. But God saw the little things and he provided. Sometimes it was going out with a friend and she'd say, I'll get you a treat, it's fine. I'm like, no, 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 God's got it. And she'd say, no, I'm buying you a sandwich, be quiet. And I'd say, okay, okay. But I didn't tell many people because my parents taught me through all the years that they were in ministry, you don't want somebody to feel like they have to do something for you. You want somebody to do, to do it because God told them to. And that's what I lived in that moment of, okay, I have faith. God's going to see me through this. I've been through this many times growing up with parents in ministry. And I said, okay, I don't know how he's going to do it, but guess what? He always did. And it was, it was a struggle. I went through many jobs. If you saw my resume, you would laugh. And many people said, I don't know if you'll ever get a good job because your resume is a mess. My mess became my message. I heard that from Lisa Harper, who is a gifted writer and speaker, and she's also single, but she adopted a little girl from Haiti many years ago. And, and I just admire her and I love hearing her talk and read her books. And I, I follow her because she gets it. She gets what I'm going through. And one of the things she said in one of her videos was, let your mess become your message. And that's exactly what God did. That mess of my life became my message. It became my platform that God works all things according to his will to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So once again, even though my resume was a mess, it served a purpose. It was teaching me to trust and to follow, even though it was hard. Sometimes I did make mistakes, but God is still good and still faithful. So in 2017, I finally decided it was enough, enough struggle. I learned enough. My walk with God was strong enough that I was ready to go back home. Even though the country will always be my home, my other home, the place where I can connect with God, but being back with my family was where I wanted to be. So I picked up everything. I didn't have a job at the time. For the first time in my life, I didn't have a backup plan. I'm always the person who likes to have another plan 
I'm a planner, I'm a goal person, I have dreams, I jump from one to another. It was the first time in my life I said, okay, God, I'm gonna trust your plan because I don't know how I'm gonna do this. So I said, hey, mom, hey, dad. Well, you know about that moment of never moving back home? Yeah, I'm gonna have to eat them words because um, if it's okay with you, I'm coming back home. They said, we got you. And my mom was going through a lot of medical issues at the time. And I moved back in and was able to help and be with her and spend some wonderful moments. I remember walking Hobby Lobby just so she could get out and walk and we'd go get her craft supplies. And I remember rubbing her feet and just sitting and talking for hours. And so those are moments I'll never forget. Moments that I cling to all the time as a reminder of how far I've come. And as I stayed at their house, I thought it would just be a few months, but I was there for nearly a year. And I stared up at that ceiling with the little stars that my sister and I had put up when we were kids, the glow-in-the-dark stars, you know? So we had made some kind of glow-in-the-dark ceiling. And I remember looking up at that ceiling every night and some of the stars pointed in an arrow and I always thought that was funny. I don't know if we did that on purpose or it was by accident, but I would look at that arrow and it would remind me that I'm moving forward, not going back. My parents' house wasn't stepping backwards. It was actually moving forward because it was me stepping out in faith like I'd never been able to do before, knowing that I didn't know the plan. I didn't have any idea what I was gonna do, but God. So I trusted God and I went for walks. Almost every day I'd go walk for a mile to three miles. One day I even walked five miles because I thought, well, what? I have nothing else to do. And I would walk and I would pray and I would talk to God and I would ask him to direct my steps. Once again, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I couldn't see the future, I couldn't see the whole puzzle, but I knew that God had a plan. I knew that he had a purpose for my life, I just didn't know how I was gonna get there. So day after day, my mom and I would talk and we'd pray and we'd go on our errands together and we'd go to the store and, and my mom got stronger and then Little by little, I got a little stronger. And I began to see that God was working things according to his will. At the same time, I had just taken a job at a church um, that my cousin was a part of. I'd been visiting many years uh, for vacation Bible school, but there was an opening for a music director. And I had said, I don't know if I'll ever do that again. I did that at my old church. I, you know, I don't know. I just like to sing. I don't need to do the whole leading, directing. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> never say never. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll come, yeah, sure. You know, not, I can do that in my sleep. Yeah, sure. So I came to the church and I would, it was quite a, quite a drive. It was about an hour drive from my parents' house to the church, but I went week after week and God began to say to me, Oh, child, but wait. Fast forward to now. I am truly and wonderfully blessed. I'm still, three years later, I'm still at my church serving as the music director. I don't know what tomorrow holds, 
but I know who holds tomorrow. Our church has gone through a lot over the years, and I believe that God has brought me there for a purpose, and as long as he wants me there, he's gonna work it all out. He's gonna let me live in my purpose, live daily in the purpose that he has for me. If that's at my church, then I'm gonna be willing. I'm gonna serve, and I'm gonna do what he has called me to do. Regardless, ministry is always gonna be there and God's gonna lead me in it. I don't have to go to Africa, even though I would love to see the people again. But especially in 2020, when most of the borders are closed, I can serve God right where I am. If I had had what I wanted all those years, I'd have probably been in Africa, married. I couldn't say if I would be happy or not. I may have gotten what I wanted, but I wouldn't have got it what I needed. But instead I was here at this church serving my purpose. I have a great job that I've been at for almost three years and I just can't believe that God is so good. All the years that I struggled, all the years that I didn't believe that my life was worth it. All the years I listened to the enemy tell me that I was not enough because I was still single and no one wanted me. But God showed me that he had a purpose just because everyone, a lot of people I know get married does not mean that that's my purpose. Maybe someday, maybe it is. Maybe someday things will change, but I can't live for tomorrow. I have to live today. I have to know that God has a plan and a purpose and I have to walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. There are, there are times that are still tough. There are times, whether I have a medical bill or whatnot, something comes up and I have to once again go, okay, God, okay, I know you're gonna take care of this. I even had the opportunity a year ago to have my twin sister move in with me and only God and his loving kindness could allow me that so that once again, I don't have to live every day feeling so alone. I get to wake up every day knowing that I'm truly blessed to have a twin sister that I get to live with. A sister who I can rely on, a sister to drive nuts because, you know, we're sisters and we drive each other crazy. But at the end of the day, we're always there for each other. And God loved me enough to know I didn't want to walk through life alone, so he gave me a twin because he knew that's what I needed. I'm here today to tell you that whatever you're walking through, it's not forever. 2020 has been the weirdest year of my life, but in many ways, God has answered so many long desires of my heart. There are some he may never give me or not in the way I dreamed, but God is still faithful and God is still good and God is still on his throne. God does still serve a purpose. He didn't close his eyes this year and say, fight it out, Christians, you're on your own. Oh, no, no, no. God saw this pandemic. God is in this. He knows what's happening. He has a purpose, even though it's hard to understand. We have to walk in our faith and trust and know that God works all things. Doesn't mean you stand in front of a tornado and say, okay, God, I have faith. You're gonna keep me safe. God gives us common sense. But if we've done everything we can, 
if we follow God, if we serve God, if we trust God, he's going to see us through. Once again, let me read that scripture. It says, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So this next year, as we go into 2021, enjoy the holiday season because we don't know. We don't know what next year brings. Many of us are a little concerned about what next year will bring. But let me remind you that God is still with us. He's walking right beside us, holding our hands, telling us that we can get through this. Because we know as believers that this is only temporary. For one day we will be with God in heaven. We will get to see those we've lost before us. We will get to reunite with those that we love. I have grandparents in heaven. I can't wait to see again someday. I have church members in heaven that, oh, I can't wait to rejoice and see them once more. And many people that have mentored me over the years that are now in heaven, I think if they were sitting right next to me today, they would say, Becca, I love you. They would say, I'm proud of you. Because so many of those people that are in heaven today taught me how to live a life of faith. They taught me how to love God. They taught me how to serve him with all of my heart. And if they were here today, I know that they would be proud of where I've come. And every time someone has said, I don't know how you do it, because I don't know either. <laughs> I wish I could give you a magic pill that will tell you how to have more faith. I, you just do it. And the last thought to share is it's easier to have faith when you look at things from God's perspective. Take a moment and think, what can I do? What can I change? Once you change your perspective, you'll be ready to serve. Once again, when you change your perspective, when you open yourself up to whatever God wills, when you're willing to be open and receptive to change, to God's purpose, God's plan, even though it's gonna be hard, even though you're gonna wanna quit, just get ready. God will say, I knew you would get here. And just you wait because I'm going to bless you in ways you never even imagined possible. God has a purpose and God has a plan. This is the way, walk in it.